This is Changing Channels with Larry Walsh, the channelnomics podcast that connects you with channel chiefs, thought leaders, and executives about what it takes to get the next generation of tech to market. Here's your host, Larry Walsh, the CEO and Chief Analyst of Channelnomics. Hey everyone, welcome back to Changing Channels. As the lady said, I'm Larry Walsh, and we are here to talk about how we're changing the channel yet again. Uh, some of you, if you ever you hear me talk about process management or management techniques or management strategies, you often hear me talk about a guy named Edward Deming. And Deming said that without data, you're just another guy with an opinion. And this is increasingly true in the channel. As more and more vendors are adopting more data-centric models and data-centric strategies to drive partner behavior, partner performance, and ultimately get more value out of the channels that they're investing in. And this is giving us a bit of a, a bit of a challenge because vendors are finding that even though it's easy to say that we are living in the data age, that data is the new fuel of the business engine, that it is a lot harder to execute on that vision than they than they perceive. I mean, for, after all, we live in an industry that talks about big data like it's just around the corner. You can pick it up, unwrap the shrink wrap, and just go to work with it. And it simply is not that easy. And in fact, data is one of the biggest challenges that many companies face, managing, collecting, managing, normalizing, and creating single points of truth is one of the biggest challenges we as an industry have, even if we are the ones that are providers of the tools that facilitate it. Now, our guest today did something I consider to be extraordinary, recognized this problem and invested in a solution to help his partners get the data that they need on their own business, on their customers, and also provide a mechanism for enriching it so they can get better output or better performance. And that person here is Ted Schumann, the CEO of Planet One. So Ted, welcome to Changing Channels. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Thanks, Larry. So I'm just going to tell our, our viewers, our podcast listeners, those in audio land, uh, I'm going to say Planet One to me is not the type of company that I would immediately associate with developing software, developing a cloud-based uh, cloud-based tool. Uh, in fact, Planet One is more closely associated with what people have traditionally called master agents and now are beginning to call, I don't know what they're calling you, some calling you technology broker services, technology distributor services, whatever it is. Tell us first, what is Planet One and what is it you do for the market? Well, <laughs> I used to be called a master agent. Uh, frankly, that term came to market from the media. So your brethren of many decades ago were the ones that kind of pinned that on us. I, I, I don't know what the hell you call us anymore. You know, we're, we're just uh, in the traditional sense, we'd be known as master agent. I know many of my peers are changing some of the vernacular. They're calling themselves now. We're a sourcing partner. How about a technology sourcing partner uh, would aptly describe uh, the business I started uh, 30 years ago next month. So TSP, I got it. I'm just going to, I am actually going to write that into the books and that is what you will be known thereafter. I mean, for those in all seriousness, no, for those of you who don't know, Planet One is one of the leading providers of you know, brokerages of telecom services, helping agents acquire uh, telecom services and data services on behalf of their customers and increasingly purveyors of cloud-based services and other types of technology services being, being delivered through partners. So, 
Ted, as I mentioned, the the platform, the tool that you developed, Sentient, is yeah. it truly is. It's it's almost I, I I you've shown it to me. Yeah, I've done a complete walkthrough on it. It's it to me. It kind of looks like a Swiss Army knife. It it slices, it dices. You know, it can cut through a can and then cut through a tomato. So, tell us what what is Sentient and what makes it so special. Well, I, I would say it was it started the journey started two years ago and uh, has culminated in twenty programmers and developers, uh, a lot of money and a lot of time. But it, it we didn't set out to create this program that we launched on September thirteenth. It was really uh, the the basis in what drove us to this. Really, was our own levels of frustration. So we adopted Salesforce, like many companies. And then we started getting into tweaking it, like that's the journey that, you know, the natural progression for most companies. We started enabling Salesforce. We're starting to consumer it, consume it internally and adopt it for all the employees. Started to realize a lot of the benefits of Salesforce that we all enjoy. It's a wonderful program. But then the end of that journey when we went, hey, wow, isn't this great? We all looked at each other and we went, some reason we're not sharing this with our customers. And wouldn't this be wonderful information to have? And you know the irony in this, Larry, and this is what I tell everybody. I've done this. It'll be 30 years next month. You have a, you got a customer. You have a direct seller. You have a sourcing partner, like Planet One, Master Agent, whatever, DISTY, doesn't matter. And then you have a provider, the actual provider itself. We in the technology industry change the way the world does business, yet we individually, we're like the plumbers who can't flush their toilet. We can't seem to communicate effectively internally and externally to keep our customers up to speed and create a good partner experience. So we do enormous amount of heavy lifting on the human capital side. So when we took down this path and we thought, wouldn't it be wonderful to provide this information to our customers? We thought, well, what would that look like? And I can confidently tell you that in Q1 of next year, when we enable the next enhancement in Sentient, and we've already got several hundred users in the platform today, the feedback from the media, your peers, partners, providers, basically the industry has it's been overwhelming. You know, you never really know until you get this out. But 30 years in, we knew what we had to do to ring the bell to really kind of stick the landing, if you will, to create something of tremendous value. And it really started as, hey, let's just provide a platform, a single pane of glass that would give you visibility in complete lifecycle management. So from lead generation to an opportunity to seven steps of the sales cycle to project management into commissioning, into upselling, into renewals, and then providing all that in a single pane of glass where the provider, the customer, the, uh, the sourcing partner, we're now all looking at real-time data and analytics with a single pane of glass provided one platform to any tablet, platform, desktop, iOS, Android, cell phone, doesn't matter. We're all now dealing with the same information. So simple things like, when's my account going to be active? What is the amount of my next commission check? What is the status of this account? All of that's been addressed. We built the conduit between those four silos and Sentient went live on September 13th. And uh, it, I will tell you, um, our biggest announcement and transforming how we do business and how partners engage with us, it's um, been more disruptive than we thought. And 
I guess the ultimate compliment is coming from our peers who are saying, well, it's just Salesforce dressed up. It's lipstick on, on Salesforce. Listen, for one, Salesforce is one of 16 open APIs that we're using as data dips to drive the engine that provides the data, consumable data, usable data, actionable data to help scale and drive businesses faster. I could literally take the biggest enterprise organizations in our industry, a Synex, Ingram, pick your pick your company. I could plug it in and scale hundreds of thousands of licenses in a matter of moments. And uh, that that's, that's exciting. And if my peers are going to refer this as Salesforce with lipstick on it, if if that has been some way to be a bit critical, if you want to compare me to the gold standard of CRMs globally, brother, we'll wear that proudly. Yeah. 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 Look, I, I've met Mark Benioff and he does not look good with lipstick on. I'm just going to say <laughs> that right now. So everybody's fully clear on this. You're describing something though. It's a management system. And you've built it yourself as a management system. And you, your initial description makes it sound like the mythical single pane of glass. You're able to put everything you need to know underneath one visible, one one easy view. Correct. But it, it's more than that. And I, you know, I want to know what, it was, what was the impetus behind this? What was the driving force that made you say, we this is not available in nature? We have to build it ourselves to not just to create the single pane of glass for viewing, but there's intelligence underneath it too. We can get to that next. But yeah. what, what was the driving force behind this to say, I'm going to make the investment to build it yeah. and not just buy it? Well, so everything we did in Sentient was all built from the ground up. We, we have no third-party apps. We have no plugins. We, we, we literally have built the IP. We own it. The look, the feel, the navigation, everything in the platform is solely been built from the, the ground up. Uh, that's usually the first question that comes up. And then to answer your question, frustration. Frustration of chasing providers down. Frustration of not having answers to give to our partners to when they call in and they just have a very simple, basic question. Uh, to deliver a brochure to a prospective client in a timely manner. To answer questions like, when my account's going active? What was the amount of my last check? I have a commission inquiry I need. Or I need to do some pricing. I have some opportunities I need to get priced out. It was frustration. It, it was empowering our partners for those that wanted it to self-service, support, and maintenance, and scale their business faster than they ever have by providing them consumable data and usable, actionable information on their accounts to drive their business faster and to remove the stress and strain of, frankly, the bullshit in our industry of just chasing people down every day to answer the simplest questions. For crying out loud, Larry, I've employed people for decades to do what Sentient has enabled people in a more effective, more transparent, more seamless, faster way. It's not that our people are bad, but we're human beings. And, and to really provide the scale and growth to keep pace with what our partners and the customers are demanding, this product had to be developed in the channel. It can't come from an AT&T or an Amazon or a Microsoft or a Verizon. It had to be born in the channel because everything we did was agnostic across all the platforms. If I do business with AT&T and they provide great, as do all our providers, they give us great enablement tools for their company. That means I have 50 different panes of glass I got to learn. Now, I haven't solved that mystery yet, but in taking all that and bringing it all together in one pane of glass for our partners, we did solve that mystery. 
and it's been out and running. And, and I have to say the launch of it, you know, you kind of cross your fingers when you finally fire the flare gun. We did it in a very uneventful way. It's, it's, it's been very exciting. Well, well, I mean, the way you describe it going live on September 13th makes it sound like Skynet went live. I mean, I'm just waiting for, you know, not necessarily the end of the world, but you know, the end of the way the things were, I, you know, I, I'm listening to you describe this and I understand what you mean is that you're right. Is that every one of these brands that you talk about, whether it's a telecom, whether it's a cloud company or traditional, a traditional hardware vendor, they all want to keep their walled gardens uh, and breaking them down really does create a burden. So it does sound like you've solved the, at least part of the ease of doing business equation. Yeah, you know, listen, I have I have uh, versions two and three that are teed up. Version two goes live January first. Frankly, it'll probably go live the last couple of days of this year. It'll be the first of its kind. Um, you know, one of the other challenges is getting a little in the gears here, but I'm happy to share uh, to give you kind of a sneak peek of what's coming in just a couple of weeks here. There's been an industry platform called RPM that's been this commissioning platform that's kind of been the go-to definitive source. It's been a wonderful product. We've been using it since, you know, 2006. But technology and industries change and products evolve and demands and requirements uh, change over time. We wanted to kind of reinvent the wheel, make it better. And so starting in January, we'll flip the switch on the commissions aspect of it, and we'll go live with solving the dilemma. If you got like Salesforce over here and you got your commissioning platform over here and the whole book versus build dilemma, you can never get anything to reconcile. We are going to remove all that, and we're going to take a page out of the financial industry's uh, playbook and a lot of those, if we go into our investment portfolio websites, E-Trade or whatever it is, and you look at all the financial calculators and go, hey, if I save $1,000 more a month and I make 6% of my money over the next five years, and by the time I'm 63, I'll have, you know, Howard Hughes money. And we're going to have some really slick commission tools to literally to where you make a sale and instantly it will figure out what the impact is to your check financially and provide you graphs and numerical data to show, hey, that recent sale is going to take your check from you know, $10,000 a month to $15,000 a month with the most recent sale. So that, that switch, and we're going to throw that January 1st, that'll be version two, and in version three in March, will be the CRM aspect of it. And what that'll be is now we're going to enable, and there's a lot of security around in this, as you can imagine. We're going to enable partners then to get it into the platform, self-service, self-maintenance, and administer their own business very much like a Salesforce-like product. And I've even had partners now asking me, hey, I do business with a lot of different technology companies. Can I take my entire book of business. And even though, you know, it's not through Planet One, can I move it into the Sentient platform? So I have one pane of glass for my old business. The answer is starting in March, they'll absolutely be able to do that. And that's when I can say, we'll pull the pin on the grenade and throw it in the middle of the channel. That will be more disruptive than the launch of Sentient because now partners will be able to literally have the power of Sentient at their fingertips to work for them. Yeah. But there's one key ingredient here and you hit it in your introduction data. 
a slick looking user interface without data is just a slick looking user interface. Most of the times you throw the switch, you go, well, today forward, this will be a wonderful tool, but there's no data here. We have taken the data that we've that we've accumulated over 30 years down to circuit IDs, customer information, contract dates, copies of service orders, commission information, contact information, billing addresses. We literally, when we threw that switch on September 13th, we took all historical data that we've ever had in any of our systems, spreadsheets, databases, um, RPM, Salesforce, whatever it was, we pulled it all together from all the various platforms that we were using to do our job, put it in the sentient, one pane of glass. I think the partners were blown away that we had all their historical data. So when they logged in for the first time, their whole world was sitting there in front of them. Yeah. So Ted, before we move on, I have to make one clarification. You mentioned this guy, Howard Hughes. Yeah. For those... For our, for our young, yeah, for our younger members of our audience, Howard Hughes was an airplane and movie tycoon from the '40s and the '50s. Didn't like going outside. It translate for you, just think Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos. Yeah. Right? yeah. So all right. So just want to make sure we're clear on that. Thank you for bringing me into this century. So. And Ted, I, I agree with you, and I, and I understand exactly what you did in terms of making sure that all that history, that partner history, was already in there. Uh, and I think that that is a, is, is a remarkable accomplishment in and of itself. I mean, being able to take all this data, historical data, disparate data from different sources, and to create this single source of truth is interesting. Um, there's two parts to this. I want to start with is, you know, how do you then make that data relatable or actionable? Because you do have an enrichment process. I'd like to hear a little bit more about it. Yeah. But more so, how do you get your partners to actually understand what to do with it? Because that's also the other side of this, because data is is interesting, but it also can be distracting, and it also can be daunting in terms of applicability. You know, some of the partners have gone in there from the, the guys that were part of the launch went in there, and we got sound bites like, holy crap, my funnel sucks. Um, I need to get going, man. I mean, I thought I had more pending business. This is abysmal. And then we had other guys going, wow, I, I've got five accounts coming up for renewals. I, I didn't even know. So in that first pane of glass, when you log into the platform, think of it like the first page of the Wall Street Journal. I've got my cover stories. I've got my lead stories here, maybe a paragraph or two on each. And then if I want more, I'm going to turn the page or in terms of sentient or a platform, I'm going to click in and peel it back. We provide that same user experience when you log into Sentia. When you log in, you're going to see what is necessarily needing your attention or not based on the data that we're serving up to you. And the comments that we, that's on the partner side, on the provider side, you talk about actual consumable data on the provider side, an unintended consequence and benefit that we got when we launched Sentient was on the provider side. Frankly, it was designed for the partners. We really didn't give much thought to how the providers would also see equal value and benefits in the partnership because, you know, we're all part of that four-legged four stool, right? Customer, seller, uh, sourcing partner, and provider. We all need information to create a better partner and customer experience for everybody. The providers who are with us, we do QBRs. I'll tell you, prior to Sentient, here's how most QBRs go. They show up with their reports. We show up with ours. Neither one marry each other or sync up. And then we throw both our reports away and we sit in a room. We look at each other and go, well, I think we're doing better. 
does it feel like we're doing better? And then it, it's a horseshit QBR because it's bad data and it's not actionable. We now have the ability to do two things that the providers have found most helpful. We allow them to load in to self-service. They want to put case studies up, current spiffs, promotions, content, videos, training aids, lunch and learns, videos, webinars. They can self-service and load in themselves. Everything they load in has to have a time and date stamp on it. Nothing more frustrating than going into a secured portal or somewhere and you're pulling down data only to find out it expired or you pull down a channel maintenance list. You go, hey, I got a deal in Boston. Who's my Boston guy for eight by eight? And of course, we spend the next three emails and two phone calls just to get a name so we can contact this person. Everything is real time. If we're seeing it, the partner's seeing it, the provider's seeing it, if it's out of date, shame on the partner or provider for putting content in there that's no longer relevant. But we are going to require them to put time and date stamps. So if a contest ends on December 31st, January 1st, Sentient purchases out of the system. So now we sit down in QBRs. They know how many partners quoted them last quarter, what they quoted, what they won, what they lost, why they won, why they lost, average size of the deal, the regions it's coming from, the channel manager is having success. They can now start capturing data like, hey, last quarter, Q3, we had 14 partners quote us. Q4, we've had 27. Here's the 13 new providers. Here's what their funnel looks like. We can sort by product by state, by region, by demograph, by channel partner, by deal size. It, it's We've never had data like that available to us. But again, I can't stress the importance that the data is just important as the platform. Neither one can coexist or be helpful without the other. Together, they create amazing experience and the feedback is, you know, <laughs> I'll be 60 this year. And I'm old school. You know, I my first job, I walked into the 3M lobby and I started grabbing all the brochures. I'm fresh out of training. I'm going cold calling. I'm going to conquer the world. I'm going to make my first sale my first day in the field. Manager came up to me and tapped me on the shoulder. He goes, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm taking brochures. I'm going cold calling. He goes, put them all back. I go, why? He goes, let me give you a valuable lesson, Ted. The best brochure is never going to make a sale for you. And so I put them all back, dejected. I went, I'm still quoting him 40 years later. So there was something to his comments. So as wonderful as Senti it is, it's really technology enabling people. That's what Senti it was designed to do, is to provide an already strong human experience in giving us a scalable enterprise platform to launch and grow even faster with better, more accurate, timely information. I think right. we so, Ted, you explained it aptly that you developed Sentient out of frustration, that yep. there was you couldn't see anything else out there that was, that was going to meet your needs. So you've developed it to meet your needs, your specifications, and it is applicable beyond Planet One. Um, so, but this is not your core business. Your core business is the brokering of telecom data and other types of cloud services. So what's the end game for this? What is it you're planning on doing with this? Well, one of the things that we want to do is, you know, when I was talking to partners around the country during the pandemic, I talk in terms like it's over. It kind of is for me. Sorry. Everybody feels differently about that, but whatever. Um, 
you know, we just, um, we want to do two things came up harder to attract new logos because now, you know, my, so we were the WAN guys. We were the wide area network guys. We didn't really ever cross with MSPs and bars who are now a good chunk of our customers today. The LAN and WAN guys always coexisted. We never crossed paths until something broke. And then we of course would blame the other. And, but now we're competitors and in many cases we're selling the same products and services. And so the competition has gotten tougher and new logo attraction. And what happens that to my customer after I turn in a sale? So that's really where sentient attacks it right at the core. And we have something called account-based intelligence, account-based intelligence. Um, and, and some of you listening, they may uh, have some experience with intent data. That's kind of saying, well, you know, I, my company signed up all their services in the cloud. Well, what the hell does that mean? It doesn't mean anything. It, you know, it means you're using other people's stuff is what it means in simple terms. But there's different levels and sizes and flavors of intent data. What we have done with Sentient is we thought, well, we need to address how do we help them grow their business? How do we display to them in very definable terms? You may have their hosted voice service, but have you had a security conversation with them? Do you know where they're hosted? Do you know what data centers they're in? Do you know what applications they're running? Do you know how many instances they have over at Amazon? I mean, if you can't answer that, we actually are running an ad campaign that says we know more about your customers than you do. And we do because we have something called account-based intelligence. Um, the best example I can give you in the simplest terms, if, you, if and we're all doing this now, if you're hitting Amazon, you go and buy a gift right now. You're buying a pair of sneakers for your kids. I assure you tomorrow when you log on, you might have a couple ads served up with sneakers. Think of it in those terms. We are taking your account information, which we loaded for our partners, we're putting it in the platform, and we have broken out about 10 different categories of technology spend. And the information on the dollar spend, I, I'm using the term, it's zip code accurate, reasonably accurate. But the applications that are running that company, the providers that they're using, laser-like in accuracy. So if I have my account, my book of business, Let's say I have a $10,000 a month AT&T customer. That's $120,000 a year. So we're comparing apples to apples here. I'm going to show you all these other categories, and I'm going to show you all the vendors and applications that are running and the workloads that are running for them. And I'm going to show you might only have $120,000 of their annual spend. That client spends $3 million a year in IT, and you're getting crumbs off the table. We want to be able to go in, show them the other areas of the spend, develop campaigns. We don't want to sell you leads. Selling leads is shit. Sorry for you know not having a more technical term, but that lead list has been sold a thousand times over. It's crap. We want to give you, again, useful data, actionable data. We want you to be able to do drilling down into your customer spend, to put programs together for your customers. And we actually have marketing as a service as part of the Sentient platform. You can go in, pick a product agnostic, technology exhaust, um, agnostic um, marketing piece, identify the customers that you're going to attack in your base because we're giving you the account-based intelligence to do so. And you can create a campaign right out of Sentient to go get some more of your customer spend. Yeah. Nobody's doing this. 
I will tell you right now, we're going to take this and we're going to turn it up a few levels. We're going to drill down with some additional services we're going to add to the account-based intelligence, really go to the next level, which is intent data. And we're going to go to the highest levels of that. We have some people uh, that are some of the most talented people in our industry that will be joining Planet One in Q2 that are going to take us from enriched data to intent data. And when we do that, I can sufficiently say the pin on the grenade has been thrown again, and we're going to be providing invaluable information on their customers. But we're going to take it a step further. What if you got 10 valuable targets in your market? You're in New York and you go, man, if I could get into these 10 accounts, you are going to have the ability to load those 10 accounts. We will give you with intent data. We'll Let's say their IT department, they got three guys in the IT department that are hitting Ring Central. They're Googling Ring Central. We'll be able to provide that kind of intelligence to our partners but they might want to contact those customers and talk to them about a hosted voice solution. Yeah. That is powerful. Yeah, it certainly is, Ted. It certainly is. So, Ted, listen, you know, we're just about out of time, and I couldn't help but notice the <laughs> Joe Montana jersey behind you. I mean, yeah. it's, absolutely, it's absolutely stunning. So, uh, two-part question here. You know, knowing that that's behind you, could you please tell us why Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback ever and why Mac Jones and the New England Patriots is the next iteration of Joe Montana? Wow. Okay. So you're obviously a huge fan of the guys up north. All right. So Tom Brady is one of the is the GOAT because he grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area and went to Sarah High School and studied in the shadows of Joe Montana. <laughs> so uh you, you know, listen, there's no denying that Brady is the guy. Um, you know, as much as I try to hate the guy, you you just can't hate the guy. He's just you know, he's done everything right. I mean, listen, we all make mistakes. We're human, but you, you, his success is undeniable. He took a couple on the chin in some of those Super Bowls, but uh, what a career. And uh, we should all be so lucky to to live his life, has his success. But that is a competitive guy. And while he's a tremendously talented physically, I would argue he's just as talented mentally as, if not more so. That's uh, what he's doing uh, at his age in the NFL. We, well, we've never seen it before. No. So, Ted, you're doing some tremendous work there at Planet One. Sentient truly is. It's a, it's an impressive platform that's still, I dare say, a work in progress. But you know, it's just it's it's a the first iteration is truly tremendous. And looking forward to seeing the new releases. Thanks for coming on Changing Channels and telling us all about it. You got it. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it, Larry. And thank you again, everyone, for joining us here on Changing Channels. Technology is changing the way of the world, and at Channelnomics and here at Changing Channels, we're tracking it so you can stay ahead of the market. Until next time, we'll see you then. Thank you for joining Changing Channels with Larry Walsh, a production of Channelnomics, with the support of our production team at Modern Podcasting. If you've enjoyed today's episode, hit the like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and share with your friends. For more information about Channelnomics services and insights, follow us on Twitter and YouTube and check out our website at channelnomics.com. Channelnomics is a registered trademark of and Changing Channels is copyright by 2112 Enterprises, LLC.